Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. If you have your Bibles with you today, if you want to go ahead and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, again today we're going to continue our series that we began last week. Uh, the series is entitled, To Be Fruitful. And I, I gave you the imagery last week to say that maybe you could even add to that title uh, the subtitle of a blank because we're going to be filling in some of those blanks with things that are necessary in your life and mine for us to continue or to begin and then continue to be fruitful in the spirit, to be fruitful in the kingdom of God. So today, if you have your spot there, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, let's... Uh, Let's go ahead and jump in. And our prayer for you, again, in this new year, is that you're spiritually prosperous, that your maturity in the things of the Lord is greater, that your ability to stand in faith is strengthened. You know, that, that as, as it says, you would no longer be children tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, but, but you'd, be, you'd be planted, rooted firmly in your faith and that your propensity to rest in the promises of God becomes increasingly greater than your tendency to wrestle with the uncertainty that life so often brings. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that just, if, if we could get to the end of 23 and look back and say, you know what, I have a greater propensity in my life when troubles come in, when storms roll in, just to rest and be at ease in what God's promise over my life is as opposed to wrestling with the uncertainties of life. I know I want that more in my life. I want that in a greater degree in my life, and I trust that you do too. So last week we were, we were centered on the idea that in order for fruitfulness to abound in our lives, it is required that we find a fertile place in our hearts for the sowing of the seed of God's truth. It can't, when, when we come as you are today, you're here, we are together sowing seeds into our lives. We're gathered around the word of the Lord, we're gathered around God's truth, and we're, we're examining this, and we're, 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 make, we're positioning our hearts in a place to have the seed of truth sown into our lives. And that's great, but the emphasis of Jesus' parable last week wasn't necessarily on the act of sowing, it was on the preparedness of the soil to receive what was being sown. So here's a challenge for you, and this is a sidebar here, but I trust that you know it's not simply the season of praise and worship that we have at the beginning of a service wherein you're preparing yourself for what the Lord wants to do in your heart and your life in this moment or at the altar. I hope that it's not simply the sermon that's tearing up fallow ground and, and you know, challenging us in points and places, but I, I pray that it's been a process through the week that you've been yielded before the Spirit of the Lord and you've been pliable in His hand to say, Lord, mold me and shape me. Lord, prepare me for what you have in store for me and that, that you're ready. You were ready when you got here this morning, amen. You didn't need a worship team to pump you up and to prime you that you came in the house this morning ready for what God wanted to do in your life and the way he wanted to speak to you today. So, um, you know, if we're not careful to tend the soil of our hearts, we can find that it, 
it doesn't matter how often we're pelted with seed, we'll never have a fruitful life if we're not prepared to receive it. And it's necessary that we maintain place in our lives that is accommodating to the seed of truth. So this week's message, you know, if, if, you're, if you're any bit a student of nature, then you're already probably three steps ahead of me in this moment. You know where we're going. Last week we sowed seed, and this, week, this week's message brings me back to my eight-year-old self. And I don't know if it was, you know, second, third grade science class, uh, if it was a Sunday school class, maybe kids' church, it was for certain VBS that every year, you know, without fail, they would come in with a sleeve of paper Dixie cups. Y'all remember those? And, and specifically, specifically, it was the ones that had the little orange flowers that came up from, like some of you are just like, I'm taking you back right now. You're, you're in Mr. Peabody's Wayback Machine right now, and you're, you're going with me. And we would, we would fill those little cups with soil, and they'd give us the little seed, and they'd teach us the lesson, and we'd, we'd put the little seed down in the cup, and we'd tamp it down. And, and then with the greatest expectation, we would take our little cups home and, and we, would, we would just wait with expectation for the day that something began to burgeon through the, the top of the soil and we saw that first little green shoot that began to come out of there. It didn't matter. It didn't matter if it was a watermelon, a cantaloupe, a tomato vine, whatever it was, man. It was the coolest thing when we began to see what we had planted begin to grow. And, and today, church, you and I need to live with the same expectation that what we are positioning ourselves for, the Spirit to sow into our lives, that we are watching and waiting to see it begin to grow. Because there's an unstated but understood rule that it's not just the fruit that's going to pop out of the ground, but first there has to grow a vine. So we wait with, with anticipation, understanding that before the fruit can come, the plant has to grow. So my, this is my encouragement for you today. It doesn't matter if you've been stagnant for, for decades. It doesn't matter if you've been stuck in a rut wherever you've been. I want to encourage you today that our lives can change. We can grow no matter what our situation with the right conditions. God's work can be effective in our lives. Cultivate the soil of our hearts. Evaluate the environment we find in ourselves. And if something needs to change so that God can grow us, then we need to make a conscious choice to walk in submission to the voice of the Holy Spirit until it's changed. Ask God to grow us and to give us the courage to embrace the new growth that comes. Maybe, maybe today our prayer needs to be, God, I know that you desire to see me grow. I know that... I am who I am now and not who I once was because of you, but I still understand that what I am today is not the full measure of what you want me to be, and I want to position myself to grow. God, help me. And here's the reason why it's so necessary for us to pray that prayer and to live with that kind of reliance on God to see spiritual growth. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to pick it up in verse 5. There was an argument 
among the people at the church at Corinth. And they begin to argue and they begin to say to one another, well, you know what, I, I'm a better believer than you because I follow Paul. Some other ones would say, well, no, wait, wait, just a minute. We believe that Peter is the superior teacher, so we are disciples of Peter and we're better than you. And some of them said, hey, Jesus. We call him the Jesus only movement. Some of y'all get that later. But, but they were having this contention within and saying, you know what, I, I'm, a better, I'm a better follower than you are. I'm a better disciple than you are because I follow a different teacher. And Paul's going to illustrate something to him here in just a minute as we read through. And he says, who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? They're, they're just ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Let me tell you something, and I've, I've seen this a lot, be people that say, well, I'm, I, I belong to, you know, some people, they don't even tell you where they go to church, they tell you whose church they go to. And I've, I've met a lot of people, and, and like, we, we used to have some events and things on Sunday evenings and different times, and people would show up, and they'd be like, yeah, well, we're just visiting because we go to Brother So-and-So's church. I mean, it was like, it was like, you know, we were supposed to take a knee or something. I don't know. But, but here's what Paul's having us understand. The work that's coming to fruition in your life, God may be using an individual God may be speaking through a certain prophetic voice, but make no mistake about it, it's not the person who has wrought change in your life. It is God who is bringing the increase. It is God who is making things happen and bringing things together in your life. And he says, I sowed, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. That's where it's at. And he says, now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his labor, for we are God's fellow workers. And here, listen, I want you to put yourself right there, right there where it says we are God's fellow workers. I want you to understand, we is you. We is us. Collectively, as we understand our walk of faith, we've got to understand that we're here in this verse. You are God's field and you are God's building and you are fellow workers with God in the field, in his building. It's important to remember today that it is God who makes things grow. The seed matters, the soil matters, the water matters. And you and I as fellow laborers with God in his field, in his building, are responsible for the condition of the soil, for getting it ready, for the sowing of the seed, and for the watering and the cultivation of the plant. But the increase of the seed is something that God's responsible for. It's not of works, lest any man should boast, I believe it says in the word. So, this is not a 12-step program to spiritual growth apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. This is about us working in concerted effort with the Holy Spirit to position ourselves, position our lives for God to do His best work 
in us. Amen? So, throughout 1 Corinthians, again, the early church was there. They were fighting. They were quarreling about many different aspects of faith. In fact, it was such a problem here that, that Paul addresses the issues in the church in both of his Corinthian letters. And again, one of the specific arguments was over which leader they were to follow. They must have felt that one was greater, one was more productive than the other. And Paul clearly states that, listen, these men are just simply servants of God and that the fighting needed to stop because spiritual growth is not a result of human work. It's God that makes things grow. And, and the commentary, this, this commentary in Paul's letter was intended to free the readers from unnecessary comparisons. And can I, can I just encourage you with that today? That, listen, you don't, you don't have to compare your vine to someone else's. You compare your vine to what, where your vine was a year ago, where it was six months ago, where it is in relation to who Jesus is. That's the real comparison. Because sometimes we can, we can compare ourselves to somebody else and we can say, I can never be that, I can never attain to that, and we begin to shrink back. Or sometimes we can compare ourselves to someone else and our assumption is that our vine is flourishing so much better than theirs, we just become complacent and lazy. So that's not, that's not good. So we've got to dedicate ourselves to, to reading the Word and spending time in prayer. We've, we've got to act in wisdom and immerse ourselves in community with others who love Jesus and are growing themselves. And we, we've got to regularly worship Jesus with our lives. We've got to consistently evaluate our lives, repent of our sins. We've got to evaluate based on the commandments and the instructions of Jesus as found in the Gospels and, and not comparing to those around us. Listen, the expectation is that you and I would grow and mature in the faith. To be, to be stagnant, understand this, to be stagnant in Christ Jesus is not an option. That to, be, to be stagnant in the Lord is not a viable option of faith. You're, you're going to die. There, there is no neutral. You understand this. We talked about this last week. A field left to itself will be reclaimed by nature. A heart, a mind that is left to itself without being tended will be reclaimed by the carnal nature. There is no neutral in the kingdom. You're either moving forward in the things of Christ or you are regressing into things of the carnal nature. And there's no, there's no in-between there. You're, you're not just going to say, well, hey, I found a good plateau here, and I think I'll just hang out for a while. No, you're not. You're going to find things creeping back into your lives that you thought you had dealt with before. But the carnal nature will be reclaiming. So in the, in the preceding verses, Paul makes the comparison here between milk, which is for infants, and solid food, which is for the mature. And he says this. This is leading up to the text we read. And it says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as carnal, as babes in Christ. In other words, they, they weren't really tending God's field as they should. They, were, they, they had a misplaced trust that was in the work of another man, not in what God was doing in their own lives. And what was happening was their carnality was reclaiming the field. And they couldn't take the sincere meat of the word, but they had to be continually fed with the milk which Paul clarifies is for babes he says I fed you with milk and not with solid food for until now you're not able to receive it and even now you're still not able you're at a point you ought to be teaching other people but you're not there and in this passage Paul clearly communicates that each person starts as an infant in the faith 
But it's expected that they become a mature follower of God. Some, some believers are comfortable with their current relationship with God, even if it reveals immaturity and sin in their lives, and that ought not be so. We should not be satisfied at that place. It's our responsibility to take the necessary steps in our lives and, and, and position ourselves as agents with God for change to be introduced in our lives. Again, to grow from glory to glory to glory into the image of Jesus. Now, it almost goes without saying that, that spiritual growth, like natural growth, needs the right environment. It would also be ludicrous to think that an apple tree could grow in the middle of the desert. It's not going to happen. The proper agents aren't there to sustain that growth. As a matter of fact, it's going to encourage its death. Similarly, it's, it's ludicrous for you and I as believers to believe or to think that we're going to have a robust and fruitful spiritual life if we're constantly in, immersed in environments of sin, evil, idolatrousness, witchcraft. Come on. We, we can't be continual partakers of these things and expect our lives to grow and flourish spiritually in the things of righteousness, in things of the kingdom, in things of light. We, we just can't constantly have a diet of darkness and immorality and expect to grow in the things of God. It's not, it's not going to happen. So, um, so in, in uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, Paul writes and says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, so walk in him. In other words, make as best you can the, the presence of the Lord, the environment in which you live in. In the book of Acts, they write and said, In him we live and breathe and have our being. In other words, we've purposed to practice the presence of the Lord in our lives. That, that, that is the environment that we choose to, we choose to live in and do, do life in. And Paul continues writing to the Colossian church and says, Live in him, rooted and built up and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgivings. Paul is saying, listen... Do the things that you were doing when the gospel seed was first planted in you. Continue doing those things. Continue to be strengthened by your commitments. Overflow with gratitude and thankfulness. It's, it's pretty hard to remain in a stagnant place when you're overflowing with thankfulness for all that God's done in your lives. You know, I, I, I just, before service, the thought struck me and I just, I was standing there and I was like, God, just do something amazing. God, just do something amazing. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, instead of you standing here waiting to be amazed as if you're bored in my presence, why don't you just proclaim how amazing I already am? You know, because when we can reflect on what God's done and what God is doing in our own lives, it's, it's really hard to become complacent. It's, it's really hard to get stuck. We, we get fired up and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in my life right now. Now, let, let's, let's just let's pass, let's move on here really quick because, uh, you know, we've got to be willing to evaluate 
and scrutinize the environments in which we're trying to grow. And, you know, our, our pendulum swings so hard as people. We're, we, are, we are by nature extremists. All of, I mean, we are. We, if we find ourselves off any little bit, we will course correct so hard we careen to the far end of the spectrum. And, and I'm going to tell you something. I believe with all my heart that there was a generation of people, especially in Pentecostal movements, who swung really, really hard on the holiness end of things. And, and it was legalistic, and it was constrictive, and it was not life-giving. And, and somewhere along the way, we said, you know what, we got we to change that a little bit. And then we swung so hard back the other way that anything goes. But let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what I tell you goes. It doesn't matter what someone else affirms you in. If God has said that it's sinful for you, then it's sinful for you. If this word says that it's not an environment conducive to spiritual growth, it will never be an environment conducive to spiritual growth in any generation. And we need to get in the word and study to show ourselves approved and stop being spoon-fed everything that we understand about the gospel and be begin to grow up in the things of the Lord and find a solid place where we don't have to jump at every little thing around us thinking that we're going to hell but rather we're rejoicing in what God's doing in our lives and we're walking on a firm foundation that is the truth of God's word and not the traditions of men and admittedly it can be difficult it can be hard to differentiate sometimes between healthy times and situations and seasons of adversity that God may be using in us to grow right now and that's one thing that you're going to find is as you endeavor to grow in the things of the Lord you're, you're going to face hardships you're going to face trial you're going to face adversity um, and it's important to recognize that it's in the seasons of adversity that growth is promoted in our lives Listen, you, you've never grown anything at ease, just resting. When I was a kid, my, my folks always grew a garden, and it was huge, man. I, I, I remember it was huge, and I remember it was a lot of work. A lot of work. We were always chopping and plucking and picking and raking and watering and I mean just just on and on and on all the time it's a lot of work but the bounty was amazing the the bounty that, that we were fed that we were nourished with was amazing and I'm I'm telling you you may have to endure some things you there may be some toil in your spiritual journey that you may rather do without you might rather have a more convenient method but you need to understand that, that the spiritual bounty that will come from the toil of, of working the spiritual ground of your life will be worth it. It will be worth it because it will be nourishing to your spirit man. It'll be nourishing to your soul. As a matter of fact, we, I want you to look with me quickly. James chapter 1, and if you don't have time to turn there, it's okay. We're going to jump in real quick. It says, my brethren, this is the most ludicrous statement maybe in all of the Bible but it's true nonetheless. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Where'd this guy come from? 
He's not from my neck of the woods. I can tell you that. There's, there's nothing necessarily joyful about it, but you've got to understand that, you know, we never grow in seasons of ease. It's times of adversity. And he says you need to rejoice in those because here's the thing. While, you're, while your physical man may seem to be suffering or you may seem to be enduring something uncomfortable right now, you've got to understand that the testing of your faith produces patience and let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. In other words, what you need to understand when you face trials is though it may be difficult for your natural man, it's to the benefit of your spirit man and one day your natural man's going to pass away and the eternal part of you is going to live on and what you're going to be more satisfied with is not the things that you had in this life but the spiritual wealth that you have when you stand in eternity. That's what's really going to matter. And, you know, <laughs> we would say this a little tongue-in-cheek that it's so kind of God, isn't it, to permit us to go through trials. Well, it, it's maybe, maybe it's not kindness as we count kindness, but it is certainly gracious. It's certainly gracious of Him, and it's, it's hard to accept because our, our default reaction to difficulty is to pout. It's difficult to see sometimes the, the opportunities that are presented to us in challenging times. We, we run around with what I call the chicken little syndrome. It's like this, you know, the whole world's falling apart. The sky's falling. And, and we're, we're running around all over the place. And I believe that a lot of times God is just like, hey, if you would slow your roll for two seconds, I'm trying to teach you something. Do, do you know... There's only one way to grow in forgiveness. The, the instruction of the word is that you would forgive as you've been forgiven. Do you know the only route to you learning forgiveness and developing forgiveness in your life is to suffer offense? Right? Do you, do you know that the only way for you to have the fruit of patience and long-suffering in your life is for you to endure a season of hardness and difficulty? It's like you don't just go to bed one night and wake up patient. You, you have to walk through things. Do you know that there's only one way for you to learn how to love your neighbor as yourself? And that's for God to put a curmudgeon next door to you. Some cantankerous body that stretches you as a man or woman of God to be able to say, you know what? I'm going to be bigger than their pettiness. I'm going to be bigger than the foolishness of this coworker right now. I'm not going to be involved in the, in the office chatter right now. I'm going to be mature. Wow, it, that's, there's a thought in this generation, isn't it? Yeah. So, listen. You don't increase in proficiency at anything in your life without practice. And you've got to understand, when we read in, in the book of Galatians, and Paul's listing off the fruit of the Spirit, Understand that if you're going to be bountiful in those things, then you're going to be bountiful in those things because you have faced things in this life that are producing those things in you and helping you to grow in those areas. 
You, you will not increase in proficiency in anything in your life without practice. So why do we think we're going to increase in spiritual maturity without practicing spiritual maturity? It's important to be prayerful through adversity. Seek counsel from those believers who are more mature and maybe more discerning who can give you an outside perspective of what's going on in your life. And maybe most importantly, be humble enough to ask for help when you need it. We all have seasons of adversity and we all need a little help from time to time. That doesn't make you weak, that makes you human. That's why as Pastor Jared was here earlier talking about connect groups and how important they are, they are for that very reason because it's a support system. It's a structure around us that can help to hold us up in the difficult times. You, you'll come through your trials and adversity a stronger and more mature believer and that is positive kingdom growth if you'll position yourselves in the right way. Now, you may not be where you want to be right now. But by the grace of God, hopefully you're not where you used to be either. And I'm going to give you a nasty, nasty, nasty word in the human vocabulary. Are you ready? Process. None of us like process. But growth is a process. And it's, it's arduous. Sometimes it's dip, great, you know, very difficult and, and nasty. But we've got to endure the process. We've got to embrace the process. You are God's field, and it is God who will work through the agents of transformation to bring about growth in your life. But you have got to be an active co-laborer with him in that. And I'm, I'm speaking to you today as Paul spoke to the Philippian church, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. So let God's work work in you. Embrace the opportunities to be a healthy part of the kingdom of God, a healthy part of each other's growth. Keep, keep on gathering with believers. Keep on singing. Keep on praying. Keep on pressing on. The journey is a long one, but the eternal destination is worth it all. Let me invite you to stand as I encourage you to cultivate the soil of your heart by allowing the Holy Spirit to show us areas in our lives where the weeds are taken over, to, to show us where we've grown callous and complacent. Some challenges might be presented in your relationships. Don't turn on each other, but together turn to God and learn to grow through those things. Challenges might abound in other areas of life. Don't cower down, but step into the challenge with the help of the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, I know that you're working all things together for my good. Water the planning of the Lord in your life with the word of the Lord and fellowship with Jesus through prayer and constant communion in his presence. Strengthen those branches of faith by living yielded to the Lord's work in your life. And give that spiritual fruit opportunity to grow. Give that spiritual plant an opportunity to flourish in your life. That it would be big and it would be strong and it would be fruitful. Listen, there are going to be opportunities for growth in your life. Some of them aren't going to be that easy. 
but understand this along the way there's no weapon formed against you that's going to prosper and you know what I would I would add to that that there's no weapon formed against you that's going to prosper negatively I, th I think that's important that we understand that and not just not just say there's no weapon formed against me that's going to prosper the connotation is that there's no weapon formed against you that's going to prosper negatively but there's that place in Romans that we've already quoted that says we know that God's working all things together for our good. So those weapons may be formed and they may prosper, but I, I declare in the name of Jesus, they're going to prosper with spiritual fruit. They're going to prosper in spiritual maturity. They're going to prosper in kingdom value, not in what the adversary, what he meant for evil against you, God will take it and turn it for your good. Amen. So trust Jesus and look to God for spiritual growth. Listen, maybe you're facing what you're facing right now not as a victim. I, I'm just going to let that marinate for a minute. Maybe, maybe you're going through some stuff right now and, and you have had a mistaken perception that you're a victim. You're a victim of life, you're a victim of circumstance, you're a victim of someone else's whatever against you, their vendetta or whatever it is. Maybe not. Maybe we need to shift that for just a little bit and say, you know what? Maybe this is just a part of God's strategy in my life to prosper me spiritually, to help me to grow up. Maybe, maybe I do, maybe instead of looking at what they're doing to me, I need to really examine how I'm responding to it. Maybe, maybe instead of being all balled up about the way somebody else is acting about something, I really need to assess why I'm pouting over it. And I need to grow in Christ Jesus in those areas. Listen, you can do it. You can do it. How do I know? Because you can do all things through Christ Jesus who gives you strength. And today our team's going to lead us, and as we normally do, we're going to offer a time of response here and just simply want to say this to you. Listen, hey, maybe, maybe today is your first day. And you say, Pastor, I've never walked a day in yieldedness in my life to the, to the calling of the Lord. I don't know Jesus as my Savior. If you're watching online today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, then I want to encourage you just to, just to begin to pray with us and just say, Jesus, would you just take the wheel of my life I, I yield to you I confess I'm a sinner and I lay myself on the altar before you and I want to grow into a brand new person I want to be made new in Christ Jesus I want to grow and be spiritually mature maybe you need to pray those prayers today but maybe you're here today and you say pastor I, I've got some things that I've been facing and I think I've been facing with the wrong perspective and today I, want to, I need a shift in perspective. I need the Holy Spirit to really redirect my thoughts and to move my responses and change them so that patience can be developed in my life, so that, so that gentleness can be developed in my life, so that joy unspeakable and full of glory can begin to well up in my heart and my life, so that love can abound in my life. Maybe we need that today. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.